Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. <laughs> Hi, Gorgie. <laughs> Hello. You're doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm good. It's officially cold again. I know. But I am quite relishing it. But I think after a few days, I'm going to really be upset. Uh, Yeah, I'm not, not, not relishing it at all. It's fucking freezing. I'm not going to talk about how cold it is here, though, because I feel like that took up 90% of season one and two. And then I had <laughs> three weeks of summer Yeah, and got a personality. And now I'm just regressing back to my whingy self. Oh, I tell you what, how do you feel about the economy? Oh, I think it's gorgeous. I love a good crash. I absolutely love this account. Do you like how the dollar and the pound are nearly the same? I don't get what that means, though. None of that makes sense to me. Well, it because just means the pound that isn't strong. If you go, I mean, am I just about a man explaining it to you? Do you mean you don't no, know why ahead. it's like that? No, I actually just don't know what that means. Like, I know that um, usually, or like back in the day, one dollar would have been like two pounds. Or the other way around. The other way around, yeah. At one point one, it was. one pound would have been like two dollars. Yeah, but all it means is that, yeah, now it's not. So if the dollar's almost the same as the pound, and obviously we import so much stuff from America that we are paying so much more for it. So everything has to be oh, more expensive. Oh, right. So if the pound's weak, Because I was going to means... say, well, why does it matter? Because the Americans are still paying the same. We're paying the same. Like, who yeah. cares? If, but we're not paying the same and it's weak against the euro as well so everything we import now is be, is gone up so much that everything's gonna be Class. really expensive and then they're raising interest rates i read something that said that uh if you come out of your mortgage next year it could just double <laughs> <gasps> so that'll be good um and then just but hasn't that been the case since brexit not this bad i don't think Oh, fabulous. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, Liz, Liz Trust, she's really making her mark quite quite quickly, isn't she? <laughs> well, she knows she's going to be out the door soon, so she's like, how much can I fuck up? Yeah, I'm just going to tax the poor and detax the rich. Oh, I did see that. That was that was nice. That was a nice little treat of her. Yeah, that's lovely. That's just, she's, what she's done, she's got rid of bankers' bonus caps. Yeah, you know what I think. And I think they need more bonuses. To be honest, I do. I really do. And I don't think they should pay tax on those billions of pounds that they make. I really don't. I mean, why should they? Why should they? They've worked hard for that cash pool. Hard earned. You know what I watched last night, which I think you'd like, is what? Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the downfall, the rise and fall of Topshop. Trouble at Topshop, Michael said. No, I didn't watch it. I was going to say I watched the Abercrombie one, but I watched that too. But there's a it, there's a two part documentary on BBC, and it's about the rise and fall of Topshop. And obviously, used to work at Topshop, so and mm-hmm. it is just incredible how quickly 
it rose and fell <laughs> because <laughs> do you remember when it was the fucking coolest thing the b or and end or the yeah world. Mm-hmm. Uh, i mean it was so cool and i was just thinking i couldn't think of another I'd, obviously it's a british high street fashion brand is there another one <laughs> no there isn't i don't think that had that much of a a chokehold on the nation yeah it was a, a zeitgeist wasn't it they use that word so many times in the documentary do they mm-hmm. <laughs> you should watch it it's i feel like you I'm like smart. it i'm smart oh oh oh, oh 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 um and then philip green what a knob yeah i don't like him and i didn't like his daughter when she was a man chelsea that's it i said to michael i'm sure his daughter chloe green was famous for a little bit is that what it was? She, dated all, she was dating Ollie Locke. Ollie Locke, the gay one? Yep, Ollie Locke, the gay man, was dating Chloe Green. Cha-ching. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. But you know who features in it quite a lot is Kate Moss. Oh my God, yeah, because she used to have the line with them. Mm-hmm. She's, have, she's making a bit of a comeback recently, and I'm not too sure why. Well, it was a lot of it to do with testifying at Johnny Depp's trial. But even so, it was like she was almost doing a press junket. She was doing like Desert Island Discs and lo- oh. listened to her voice on those different podcasts recently. And she's a very beautiful woman, but I'm going to say that's not the only reason she's been a successful model. Oh, what do you think the what other reason is? Just not a whole lot going on behind the eyes. Oh, I thought you were going to give her a compliment. No, no, no. Just because uh, I've always held Kate Moss in quite high regard. Um, regard. Thank you. Hmm. And then listening to her, I just thought, well, I need to stop listening to her now. Uh, I think she's doing something uh, with Diet Coke. So maybe that's she what is. she's trying to promote. She fucking is the face of Diet Coke. <laughs> she's trying to promote Diet Coke. So have you guys like, heard of Diet Coke? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. She, because there was this really funny line and a thing that she did, like a Diet Coke party that she did. And she was like, It's well known that I've always loved Coke. <laughs> and everyone was like, That would like, be a good tongue in cheek advertisement campaign for Diet Coke. Yeah, it would, but they're not that brave. No, we're just not in that place in the world where we could cheekily promote drugs, are we? <laughs> <laughs> um, how have you been? I've been super. So it was Becca Black's 30th on. Saturday Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know what it went well it went well I I got the itinerary through and it was a long day was Mm -hmm. promised and obviously I was panicking especially after my Saturday the week before yeah so I managed to do it I managed to pace myself met at 12 had some dinner some drinks dinner 12 and then (laughs) we She's got this beautiful flat in Greenwich that uh-huh. looks over the Thames. So nice. Uh, but everyone, she's got so many friends. She's like you. Just so many friends. <laughs> she invited about 30 people or something. And they all One came to London. Aww. Yeah. So that was nice. Uh, then we went to Salsa Bar. Do you remember that? Oh, I used to fucking love Bar Salsa. <laughs> Their happy hour was elite. They still do it. You're joking. Nuh-uh. And we've got this right, well, money room. I know. Don't give a shit. And we're looking over the dance floor. And then Becca was doing a bit of salsa. And then and then it got to probably about 11 o'clock. And I did mm-hmm. my, is it Irish goodbye where you just leave? 
Yeah, or French. Or French. Or is French. that where you snog everyone? I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> but obviously, everyone was having fun. Everyone was quite drunk. And I just thought, I'm not going to say bye to 30 people, so I'll just slink off. And then I went mm-hmm. to... It was, we're going to get the tube home. So I went to see Anthony because he was in town. And then before getting the tube home, uh, we met the king of the Hamptons. And I won't give you too much details because it turns out he's actually like an, a real person who you can Google. But it was him and his boyfriend. And long story fucking short, we were walking with them too. And somehow we got under the Real Housewives, as we do. And he was like, who do you like? And we're like, oh, well, our friends a couple of years ago got us a cameo from Luann. And he went, oh, Luann. Yes, I'm very close with Luann. And we were like, <gasps> what? And then he showed us his last text and it was from Luann. He was like, oh, I can t- I can mention that we're with you. And I was like, oh, yes, please. He went, shall I just give her a quick call? And his boyfriend was like, mm, I don't know. Maybe you should check first. So he texted her and she didn't text back in time to take a call. Oh, classically Luan. But it would I feel like that would have been bubble burst if she had called because that's not very Luan's style, is it? No, but I, I don't think I would have survived that interaction yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, and... Sec- so first in his phone was Luan. Second in his phone was Anne, as in Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> it was so surreal. That is wild. So Michael got his email address and he keeps trying to email him. <laughs> you can have a restraining order by the end of the week. I know, I can't On wait. next week's podcast, it's going to be, hi, I'm recording this from prison. Ah, how <laughs> fucking sexy would that be? How have you been? Yeah, I mean, I had a similar Saturday in terms of alcohol, 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 but no King of the Hamptons. Um, I have found and secured a new flat. Yay! I think deserves a big old pat on the back. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to do that right now. And it's unfurnished, which I quite like. I mean, I'd really like if I was rich, um, but... I prefer it anyway, because I was viewing loads of flats with Sims 1 furniture. So having the opportunity to do something quite nice is exciting to me. So I went to one antique shop and everything was £500 minimum. So then I went to a few charity shops and didn't secure any goods. And then I walked approximately... 10 minutes to a British Heart Foundation furniture shop and it was closed and at that point I just thought well I give up so I went to the pub um and that's where I spent the rest of my Saturday oh lovely ended up doing a lovely little pub crawl it was really wonderful uh <laughs> drank an obscene amount of wine probably the most wine I've ever drank in my life mm. yeah. yeah 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 and then on the walk home was with two of my friends walking back from Newtown to Old Town. And somehow, I don't, none of us had verbalized it. Not, it hadn't been said, but we ended up walking to McDonald's. And mm. then the McDonald's had a big queue outside of it. So we joined the back of the McDonald's queue. And then we got talking to this guy in front of us in the queue who was from America. Um, and he was legit American because I sometimes get talking to people and put on some accents to see if they believe me. And, they often do because that can be quite convincing um but this guy was legit american because at one point i started talking to him in an american accent and he didn't even blink twice um which i think captures quite nicely the general attitude of americans remember we've got quite a lot of american listeners 
Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. Oh, I, what did you mean? Just, you know, a tiny touch of oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a bad thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, American fans. Love you. Love you I all. Love not you. Use. So much. <laughs> um, and then we were chatting to him for ages. Didn't really like him, actually. It was quite arrogant. Arrogant. Then we got to the front of the queue and he was like, so what are you guys going to get? And I was like, oh, I'm not actually going to get anything. I'm not that hungry. We've been queuing for 90 minutes. And then my friend's like, you're not going to get anything. And I was like, no, I'm not going to get, are you going to get anything? And we were in McDonald's at this point, standing at one of the coveted screens and none of us wanted McDonald's. So we just turned and walked home. You're not even fancy just getting a few mozzarella sticks because you were there. No, I don't know what we were just, all of us were just like, no, that's not, this is absolutely not what I want, actually. Wow. So we spent, so it would have been such an early night and my hangover would have been so much more bearable if I hadn't spent 90 minutes in the (laughs) fucking freezing cold chatting to that man and then not getting a McDonald's. And then on Sunday, what did I do? I just bore me in adult stuff, like walking. And wanking. and, And complaining and stuff like that. What did he get at McDonald's? The American. Mm. Don't know, probably a gun. <laughs> I'm only a joking. Big Mac and a what's what a gun? What's AK forty seven? And uh, what's the ones that are that you shouldn't a Glock. have? Semi automatic, please. A Glock, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, an AK forty seven <laughs> is that's like a machine gun, I think. I don't really know um, what they mean by semi automatic, but I don't know if I want to know. Okay. Because I was going to tell you. Oh, tell me then. No, because I might be wrong, and I've 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 been quite brash. No. Been yeah. Quite... No. Not what's what, like sh- shoulder bargy already. So I need to calm down. Swinging that dick around, aren't you, Sarah? <laughs> um. Yeah, that was my Saturday night. Just obviously, absolutely, Paza. But recovered, Look. and I'm getting ready for round three because this weekend it's my friend's thirtieth. Woo. And he listens to the podcast. I was about to tell you, but I'm going to get him for his birthday present, but I won't because this will come out the day before. <gasps> Fuck, it's his birthday today. I actually need to message him now. Shit. Happy birthday. Anyway. Ewan. Yeah, happy birthday, Ewan. <laughs> Your old right. man. So we uh, talk about the book and the drink. I yeah, need to, I haven't wanted to show you my drink because. Mm. Same, and I'm gagging. Yeah, me too. That's why I want to move on to the book and the drink. So. Mm-hmm. You guys, so you guys, this week's book is, I know how to say it now, because I don't know if, I don't think this is common, surely this is common knowledge, but my mom sort of knew, so it's Italian. So, so it's it, not Piranesi? No, it's Piranesi. Oh. So like it's Piranesi. Yeah. Because, right. All Italian. Oh my God, I didn't even make that connection. Fuck me. No, but it's a real person. There's someone called Giovanni Battista Piranesi. And he is simply also simply known as Piranesi. And he was around in the 18th century and he was an Italian classical archaeologist, architect and artist. And (sighs) what- They were good, them old Italians, weren't they? They could do loads of shit. Oh yeah, they were fit as well. And he did these etchings of- really elaborate buildings with loads of stairs and all of this stuff so basically it all makes sense what's the guy called 
Oh, he calls him the other. The other yeah. is basically taking the piss out of him by calling him Piranesi. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, that is a fucking highbrow joke. If yeah, 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 <laughs> I was yeah. never going to get that, but anyway, the types of jokes that I imagine you tell around a table with Donna Tart. Yeah, and yeah. cigars. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Piranesi is a fantasy novel by Susanna Clark. It won the 2021 Women's Bright. What are you laughing at? You know who Donna Tart is. Yeah, secret history. I thought for a second that you'd confused it. <laughs> With like a food. Like a tart, because you just went, and cigars. <laughs> you know what, for a split second I did. <laughs> like, I was picturing yeah. a really yeah. expensive donut tart. <laughs> <laughs> and for dessert this evening, we have a very exclusive donut tart. And then later on, some cigars on ice. <laughs> oh, That's God. exactly why I will never be at those kind of dinner parties. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> You know me so well. Um, right. So I'm just going to say Piranesi in my Geordie accent. And hilariously, it does sound like Piranesi. Do you think that Nando's is making a really highbrow joke? Yeah. <laughs> they probably are, aren't they? Yep. So he lives in a place called The House, which is a world composed of infinite halls and vestibules lined with statues, no two of which are alike. The upper level of the house is filled with clouds, the lower level is an ocean which occasionally surges into the middle level following tidal patterns that Piranesi meticulously tracks. He believes he's always lived in the house, that there are only 15 people in the world, most of whom are long dead skeletons, and the skeletons are in the house. And he records every day in his journals, and the journals make up the novel. So in the house, there's, he believes there's one other alive person who he calls the other, and this guy is this well-dressed man who enlists his help to search for a great and secret knowledge somewhere hidden in the house. And the other brings Piranesi supplies. So food, multivitamins <laughs> and other shit that he needs that he's always like, oh, the other's so nice. He just like brings us multivitamins. Um, like ASICS trainers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, From this hall of stone. So when Piranesi suggests that they abandon the quest for the great and secret knowledge, the other says they have had this conversation before and warns Piranesi that the house slowly erodes one's memories and personality. So basically, he's living in this weird, big stone. How did you picture it? Did you find it easy to picture it? Uh, Not initially. And then Mm. I did. Yeah, I think I've got a picture. Mine's all white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a very, very light sandstone-y type yeah. of colour. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't get outside. There is no outside, but some level... That, so there's a upper floor and a lower floor, and they resemble different parts of outside. Mm-hmm. So the lower floors are the ocean, and then the upper floors yeah. is like the clouds. Yes. And the other thing to say is that the other... We learn his name later, but the other warns Piranesi that there's a 16th person whom they both call 16, who may enter the house to do him harm, Piranesi, and that he mustn't approach 16 under any circumstances, otherwise he'll lose his sanity. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's the synopsis. And to, to drink, 
I just said that was a really good synopsis, by the way. Did you write that or did you read it from? You know what I did? I read the Wikipedia, but I kept doing ers and ums to make it sound like so I did. So it looks it. like yours. Oh, look! I'm that. really good at that, you know. No, like me too. I can take someone else's presentation that I haven't even read at work and then deliver it and make it sound like I'm going. Oh yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't even know what I'm fucking talking about. So to drink, I said, just do something fucking mystical, babe. So I'm glad that my vision of mystical changed after I read the book. And it also Mm -hmm. changed because now Halloween stuff is available in all the shops. (laughs) (laughs) But it actually is creepy. There's like skeletons and it becomes very quite horrifying and and Mm -hmm. like icky. Mm-hmm. So, what I did was I got. I'm excited. This is the mystical color that I chose. Ah, blue. Yep. So, I mean, the drink itself isn't mystical. It's very, very holiday. It's Calypso, taste of the islands, ocean blue lemonade. It's delicious with blueberries and real lemon bits. But then, well, I got Sounds stunning. This cauldron candle, right? And then I got. I mixed it with gin, a rhubarb and ginger gin. And then I got Ooh. this, which I really feel <gasps> represent. No. Isn't that so Pyrenees-y? Wow. That is amazing. And then what I thought I would do is do this. For the listeners, Paul has a black bowl-like cup with a white skeleton hand holding it. And now he's just done a vape and he's puffing. Oh, my God. That is. Isn't that great? Get a pick. Round of applause, Paul. Okay. 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 Oh. Yep. Any time now. No. (laughs) What? Fucking Adobe Flash Player wants me to update. It's such a desperate. Oh yeah. Oh, stunning. What a pick. Yeah, so um, that's that. I'm quite proud of it. I was a bit worried today. I was thinking, oh, shit, what am I going to do? And then I really think I smashed it. So what's yours? I have. So I was thinking, what colour is mystical? And straight away, what colour did I land on, Paul? Blue. Blue. And that only grew firmer in my mind as I read the book. Blue, 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 blue. Lots of sea, lots of blue. And... Yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, there's no drink that's like this. There is no drink that there's this color. And then I poured it and I realized that it just looks like I've got a WKD. But it isn't a WKD. Ooh. It's some kind of blue energy drink that like tennis players and incels drink. Gatorade. I think it could be. It's in my fridge. Um, and I used some of the Skittles vodka because I've still got oh. some of that left over and other vodka and then a little dash of um apple sours and i too have lit two candles <gasps> let me show you them for proof yeah mystical there's one <gasps> there it is there's the other oh i think we've smashed yeah, that i do think it looked like that that is a drink from a drink. You've, you've really done well there all your smug mm. it's, it's quite a... strong though because it's essentially just water water with some <clears throat> electrolytes in it Mm. I think it's a bowl, <laughs> more than a cup. But... Yeah, it looks like maybe a cat bowl. Maybe. Um, mm. 
I quite like that drink though. Maybe yeah. I'll get that and run in loads. Um, okay, Sarah, so what did you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Paul. I don't know. I was thinking, what do I think? Do you know what I think? What do you think? I think I enjoyed it. I think on the whole, I enjoyed it. Was it the best book I've ever read? No. Was it the worst? Absolutely not. I think Piranesi was the loveliest character alive ever. What a sweetheart. So, uh, what's the word when you believe everything? Naive. Trusting, but naive. But but what's the mean one? Uh, stupid. Gullible. <laughs> gullible. So gullible, but in a really endearing way. And actually, it always worked. Like, he needed the times that he needed to believe certain things to save his life, he did. And so there was no frustration in that element. Mm-hmm. This book was like, you know, when people say, oh, I just want something dead thrillery to read on holiday. Yeah. And that never really makes sense as a concept to me because I'm like, well, you're lying on a beach in, I don't know, Gran Canaria. <laughs> you're drinking a drink with a little umbrella in it. It's the color of your burnt skin. Everyone's happy. There's some music blaring in the distance and you're reading about people getting murdered with a pickaxe in Russia. <laughs> like that doesn't, those two concepts in my mind don't align. Uh very well this was like the perfect holiday read because it was really sort of soothing quite like it it was quite not boring but I mean there is a lot of these halls and a lot of these statues and Pyrenees loves telling you about them and I'm not too bothered about stuff like that but I also didn't mind reading it Mm -hmm. and then suddenly action begins and it's not action where you're like proper shit in your pants like where it would be out of place if you're on a beach in Gran Canaria sipping a cocktail the colour of your burnt skin mm. it's like action that you kind of like okay fuck yeah I want to know what's going to happen and it allowed me as well I don't I was going to text you being like at what point did you figure it out but then also I was like but it's kind of self there is no figuring out really it's you just sort of know there comes a certain point and you realize exactly what's happened and why Pyrenees is in this place. Um, and, and then you're like, Oh, now I just need to wait for him to catch up. Mm-hmm. And there was a sort of a sense of urgency, but it was never really, I mean, proper nail biting tension, but I thought it was just a really pleasant read, but with some excitement in it, I kept seeing people calling it slow burns online. I don't think that was the case because while it did take, two thirds of the book to for the action to begin. I wasn't hurrying it along because I knew that it was going to come. So I was like, I knew, I always knew I was going to get some kind of an explanation. So I wasn't like desperate to get there. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I could have spent too much longer in that mindset with Piranesi, but I think I trusted the author. That's what I'm trying to say. I really trusted the author. You know, sometimes you read these books that are a little bit more fantastical and you think, how the fuck are you going to tie all this off? How the fuck are you going to make this make sense? And nine times out of 10, they don't. There's always some big deus ex machina and you're like, perfect. Great. It was all a dream, was it? I knew, I knew that Susanna Clark was going to, this was going to make sense. And and the elements of it that weren't 100%, like couldn't ever be 100% factual because it is a fantasy, but the elements of it that were going to have to be left more to my imagination, I was totally fine with that. I wasn't like, that's a cheap way out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was the intention that she set out with when she wrote it. Not like, I just want to write about this place with loads of halls and statues. I have a point to make. I'm not sure what the point was. 
but I trusted <laughs> her to make it. Yeah, she, you trust that she made one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so she'd written a, deb- a debut novel was Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which came out in 2004 and sold 4 million copies. So yes. I reckon Susanna was like, I'm not going to rush for the second one. I'm mm-hmm. just going to do a bit of Trav Trav, you know, buy a yeah. few prostitutes. You know, she had the money. So she had the cash. It was 11. No, how many years later is that? Came out in 2020. 20. Like 16 years later. She's yeah. like, right, I'm going to do another one. <laughs> so, so she, she thought, cost of living crisis, lockdown, mm-hmm. bored. I know what's coming now, financial crash. I'll uh-huh. just line the walls of my bank a bit. Yeah, as soon as she got a whiff that Liz Truss was going for that fucking prime minister. Uh, yeah, so I think it was that's a bit of a risk, isn't it, for someone who has written one really, really amazing, apparently, novel. And, and let's just check on the page length of that one. I think it was a longer. I think it was a longy. 782 pages that one was so to come back 16 years later being like hi it's me Susie I'm back (laughs) here's a book that is 272 pages long that you've waited 16 years for could have gone either way couldn't it her fans could be like are you fucking joking they'd be Mm -hmm. looking at fucking little life writer who's written another one that's 5,000 pages long like she's giving the people what they want Uh however hugely well received and the way you were describing it really resonates with me I feel like I thought something very similar last week I said I'm not hugely into fantasy and yeah Piranesi I guess my issue is yes gorgeous character and because he was completely naive and that was very very key to the plot you forgave it and it Mm -hmm. is nice to read a nice naive character but do sort of understand the slow burn thing to a degree because there was a lot of going through these vestibules and mm. there was a lot of describing the statues and I was like Piranesi babe I know there's loads of statues doll like that's nice they're lovely <laughs> unless one of them comes alive and rips your head off I'm not that bothered about it yeah or are you gonna go into a vestibule and get shagged because that's what I'm waiting for and it never came mm-hmm. can you imagine if you just went into a vestibule and there was a huge marble member <laughs> I mean yeah that's what I was waiting for and he was like and this one is my favorite vestibule <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my own vestibule yeah but <laughs> so I, I think maybe for a while I kept going because people at work know what I'm reading at all times because I tell them and <laughs> you know after the first couple of days I was like yeah he's still in the vestibules I don't know if I'm fully in this but then when it started to unfold the drama Mm -hmm. when that sense of foreboding arrived Mm -hmm. and there was it was kind of always there from the beginning with the other yeah it was really intriguing and it got to the point where I was really excited to read it and find out where it was going and what was happening to Piranesi and Piranesi and it, it it took me to the rest of the book so I think the for me the first vestibule bit I bet fantasy mm-hmm. writers were loving it I mm. was uh just a bit like I get it but then I understand how it needed all of that build up in order to go where it went and yeah. it's really annoying with this one because I feel like it's really hard to talk about without ruining it I really want to ruin yeah. it I know I was thinking that it's very original and yeah, I've never read anything like that before. And the way that all the things piece together is really clever and interesting. <laughs> I 
and some of the as I was saying before like some of the things that happen are really really quite terrifying like this and, mm. and because Piranesi is you know is thinks that he's only ever existed in this world and knows nothing outside of it he doesn't see how mm-hmm. horrifying and, te- and you know a lot of these events are or the you know he finds these skeletons everywhere and he knows that these, these skeletons one of them's a child um one of them's like the folded man or something which just makes me mm-hmm. feel sick. yeah but he's just like oh I'm gonna go and see the folded man and give him some apples or whatever and I'm like yeah. but do, do you not are you not worried why the folded yeah. man is there oh, you're not questioning that yeah yeah and he's just so trusting of the other mm-hmm. he thinks he's this stand-up guy who gives him what he needs he says at one point uh he's he, he walks like so many miles a day and he's just his shoes are completely fucked and he's basically walking barefoot I know and then he, the other sort of like laughs at him and says well I can get you some shoes and then the next day he gets him some shoes and Pyrenees is like oh so kind of him to get me the shoes when he's been walking barefoot for god knows how long mm-hmm. so we can see it's like you know when your best mate starts to be mates with someone or starts seeing someone and you're like, he oh. does not have their best interests at heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But the they're just a... completely blind to it. That's what mm-hmm. the other is. And you're just waiting for it to blow up. Penny to drop. But the most satisfying part in that is that because Piranesi is so, because he everything has to be so matter of fact, there is no questioning, there is no doubt. That means that when other facts are presented, there's no internal warring that you would maybe get with characters that are a bit more complex because it's difficult for him to be complex because his memory only goes back five years and all he's ever known is the house. Mm-hmm. So there's none of this internal warring. It's suddenly like, I might just spoil, not spoil it, but just be like, the other goes from being a figure of security to a figure of, well, he's a villain. I think as a as a reader, you're suspicious instantly. He's called the other. Yeah, he's yeah. called the fucking other. And the first interaction that we have between them, it's it's obvious that the other doesn't like Piranesi. Um, but yeah, because there's because it's everything is so black and white for Piranesi, the second there's some evidence that supports a different argument, he doesn't have that like it doesn't it's not loyalty because he does question, he's like, Oh, he was my only friend, but now I know for a fact that he actually hates me and therefore he's my enemy now. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, phew, because any other character would have been like, oh, but he brought me these trainers or like whatever. Renee was just like, no, I can see now how I've been played. It's, it's just if we were to use the situation that you just gave, it's like if you sat that friend down and tried to tell them about their new partner who was a nightmare, mm-hmm. you the biggest risk and the probable like the probable outcome is that they won't see it. Yeah. Whereas Piranesi, it was it was nice because. It was like here's the here's some counter evidence to support the argument that the other is actually bad. And Piranesi's like, yeah, checks out, checks mm-hmm. the fuck out. And now I don't like him anymore. Yeah, cool. So without ruining it, did you sit and ponder and think about whether it represented anything other than what it was? So I thought about that for genuinely 20 seconds I thought I wonder if there's a bigger theme here I wonder if this is a metaphor that's as far as my thinking went I just thought if there is it didn't smack me in the face which is nice and but I, I also quite like have like I'm quite happy not knowing what that mm. might have been a metaphor for like I'm quite happy just thinking yeah cool done mm-hmm. 
And I'm all right with it because I enjoyed reading it. Obviously, compared to like the Plato's allegory of the cave. So mm-hmm. when, what is that story? It's like someone's in a cave and he sees projections on the wall, but that's but he thinks mm-hmm. they're real because he's not seen anything else. I and mean, who's to say that that isn't real because it's... Yeah, so obviously that. And then Narnia as well. And yeah, you know how you said Mr. Tumner's on the front? Like, I yeah. think, yeah, totally. Probably. Actually, it probably is. Um, <laughs> but again, this is this high, high, high Oxbridge type. Mm-hmm, done at all. Academia-based, like academia-based literature. And I, mm-hmm. like, I was skipping over, my eyes were just sort of glazing over like the names of people because I was like, I know that that is a reference to something, but I'm never going to get it. And I could spend mm-hmm. ages Googling it. And it still won't, it won't last, it won't outlast in my knowledge beyond this book. So yeah, I'm just not going to bother. Yeah. But what I, what I will say is that the, it was very, very satisfying to read. You know, even though you, I didn't necessarily think, oh, I completely get all of the references here. Like by Mm -hmm. the end of it, I thought, oh, that was very well fucking done. Yeah, it was, it was. And there wasn't, and I didn't feel like I missed out. There are sometimes when I read books like that and I know that shit's going on above my head. And I'm like, I know that for some people, this is a real, real satisfying, enjoyable read, but I'm actually just a bit more frustrated because shit's happening and I can't keep it up. Uh-huh. Whereas this case, it felt like it catered for everyone. I imagine if you studied classics or if you understood, I don't know, like philosophy to any, oh, hello. I love that my voice does this philosophy to any extent this would have been a real like maybe it would have been more frustrating I don't know but this catered to all audiences which is a pretty impressive feat really yeah definitely more impressive than writing something I think that only caters for a certain highly academic audience like incredibly like like academics essentially that's what I loved about the secret history I know that we've met this is now like the millionth time we've mentioned Donna on the secret history in this podcast but I think that's probably the only other book that I've read similar to to this in terms of like the references to academia and how these sort of like cult-like factions can form in especially universities and I still felt like if I accidentally ended up in a pub with these set of characters they'd have these conversations that would mainly go over my head but every now and then there'd be like a light bulb moment I'd be like oh fuck I know what they're saying now mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I yeah. felt that with the Donna Tart characters the secret history characters and I kind of felt that with what what the more philosophical themes of this book were I was like yeah all right I get that and I suppose the great thing is that you're always more knowledgeable than Piranesi <laughs> precisely that's a stunning place to be and the pub on Saturday my friend was talking about going back to uni because in Scotland if you've been here for I think four years you get your master's funded if you want to do a master's. Oh, a legend. Scotland just keeps pulling them out of the bag. Mm. Um, he <laughs> works in marketing and like is an incredible person, very intelligent, but just in much more of a, the best person to have on a pop quiz team because his pop culture knowledge is second to none. And I mean that, and I, and I know that who I'm talking to right now, like it really is fantastic. And we were talking and he was like, yes, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm really, I actually want to do a PhD. And we are like, you want to do, like, okay, if you've got a master's, he's like, no, no, no. But I'm thinking I'm going to do, I really want to be a lecturer in philosophy. And I was like, I'm ready to burst out laughing. And then I thought, oh, oh he's being quite serious. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, so what, what's this based on? He was like, I've just listened to some really good podcasts recently. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that the power of a good podcast yeah was it was it ours 
I think it was ours. I think yeah. it was just the opening jingle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send you a picture of one of the pyrenees things, etchings. Do you know what I will say about those Italians that could do everything? Mm. Judging by some of the statues that they'd carve incredibly well. They weren't all well endowed, were they? No. Tiny, tiny so little wink ones. Maybe they couldn't do everything. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So that is the house. Yeah. But the fact that Mate, we didn't know that detail. and still enjoyed it. Yeah, there's more detail in that one than my brain could could conjure up. <laughs> yeah, no, mine was mine was sort of as if it was like drawn on paint. I didn't get yeah. that far. <laughs> yeah. There was Bear no walls. shading. <laughs> Just alcoves with a nice little statue in them. And yeah. what I did admire was his was his commitment to them because like if I go to a gallery and I look at one statue of cinema. Yeah. And, I, I mean, think you have I could to. happily never look at a statue again in my life because I know I know what they look like. Oh, it's so boring. So boring. <laughs> oh god. One thing I did notice is that I didn't fold any pages. I didn't think that any of it was like, oh wow, what a beautifully constructed sentence that I want to read out on mm. the podcast. Not that it was obviously it's brilliantly written, but it just wasn't like that, was it? It wasn't No, but I think that yeah, that's um a reflection of his mind, I guess. Yeah, it is, and the the scarcity of the place, but also like sometimes that's just a mark of a better writer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I think none of it deserved highlighting because none of it like punched me in the guts. Mm. But that was never the intention, and so to refrain from doing that but still have such an enjoyable story is again more impressive, probably. Yeah, it's just ultra security in yourself isn't it it is it's just like do you know what i fucking wrote a bestseller 16 years ago watch me do it again mm-hmm. oh and she fucking does uh <laughs> speaking of statues where's the statue of david it's in somewhere in italy isn't it <laughs> yeah uh i've been there you i've been there i have as well in florence okay no i've not been there i've never been to florence <laughs> It's in the. Do you see what I mean? I've seen one statue of cinema. (laughs) Well, I went to see it when I was very little and I had a little disposable camera and I took multiple pictures of the Willy. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally, what else are you meant to do? Yeah. I think I went to go and see Venus de Milo in uh, the Louvre with. Is that the one with no arms? Yeah. uh, I'm just checking. I just check Raiders because I'm chance I've not seen that either. Yeah, it's in the Louvre. It's in the Louvre. Oh, I've definitely been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. My God, 150 and 125 BC. Well, that is impressive then because I feel like they didn't even have opposable thumbs, let alone tools to chip into marble with. God, what do you think they used? Their teeth. Their teeth. <laughs> Imagine chipping away a big marble oh. structure with your teeth for ages, creating the perfect penis, and then just going. <laughs> and taking the end off being like oh, the last part now or imagine if that's how the arms came off Venus de Milo <laughs> she in size has got in the way I was like, I you just finished and then just one yeah. more little bit and then the arm falls like, yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> fuck it fuck. <laughs> uh, so yeah Suzanne loved it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bernadine thinks it's quite extraordinary and so do I if you are interested in this type of like fantasy retelling or like these references to this kind of, I guess, art, I do think that 
books by who was the author that I was talking about last week who wrote Circe and Songs of Achilles those two books if you're thinking maybe I'll read this is less to you and more to our enormous listenership yeah songs song fucking hell song of Achilles Madeline Miller just read them instead because there's a bit more that happens Cersei flipping loved Cersei and it was very much that same predominant I guess this was the main theme was solitude mm-hmm. um and Cersei she she spends a lot of time alone it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that she spends by herself oh bloody and hell you never get bored of her there's always stuff going on she kills pigs and but pigs that are actually men and you know she does shit how long do you think you could be alive before you got bored on my own yeah on your own uh two weeks if you were in the big statue land, oh god! Oh, two ten days. minutes, <laughs> ten minutes. I would just smash my head off a marble wall. <laughs> Not a fucking chance. I'd jump in those those tumultuous seas and sniff. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, yeah, worth the reviews. But if it was a blank slate, if the old mind was a blank canvas, then who knows? If it was mm. all you ever knew. There'd so, still be a part of our personality that would wriggle through. But I've seen that statue before. And also, where I, I know that, I don't know what this is, but I know that somewhere in the world there should be Jager bombs. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, what is this burning itch, this need inside of me? And then a big echo, like a gust of wind would echo down the halls and it'd go, why? <laughs> or, or there would appear a message in pebbles written, yeah. Jager bomb. <laughs> Pino <laughs> box of wine. <laughs> yeah, I would like to take well, one a night out. Oh, Madeline Miller, miraculous. Oh well, there you go. There oh, you go. that's nice. That's women supporting women. That is. I wouldn't want to take Pyrenees on a night out. I'd want him to be there the day after when I was hungover. Oh, he'd be so nice. Yeah, he would. He'd go and get your stuff. Give you a, a multivitamin. Yay, what? Right, what's fish leather? The skin of fish. Why is it leather, though? Because you can... Oh, is leather just animal The hide? skin off. Oh, I thought it was only cows. I don't like the you idea of making things leather, out of fucking leather. fish leather, though. Well, he didn't have much choice, did he? Do you know that that's why it's called kid gloves? I don't think I've ever heard the phrase kid gloves. Like, you should uh, handle them with kid gloves, like be sensitive. I always thought they were saying kit gloves, but it's kid like the hide of a young goat, of like young very go- soft kid gloves. Wow, 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 wow! I've blown your tits there, haven't I? You really bloody have, yeah. Okay, thank you, Susanna. Thanks, Susie. Pyrenees. No more statues in the next one, though, please, babe. Yeah, no, 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 no. I've had enough those for a lifetime. Do you want to hear about something that I did at work? Yeah. It's so embarrassing. Oh, get in. <laughs> but it was just one of those. Do you ever convince yourself of something that's really improbable, but you convince yourself of it and then you're like, well, it must be the truth? I'm sure I do. What is it? Mm-hmm. So, on the white, so I work for a literary trust. Okay. Um, so books, books, books is all I is what I do in my nine to five. Books, 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 books. And I'm surrounded by people that also love books. And do you feel threatened. 
completely threatened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep my mouth shut. You know, normally if you've like, for instance, if loads of people said to me, and I hadn't read Young Mungo, have you read Young Mungo? I'd say yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the place that I work, I would not say yes. Oh, I do it. Um, oh, what was that again? I've read quite a few books this year, Marie. You know, I said, well, I read it ages ago. I read it years and years ago. It came out last year, and you got. Oh, I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> Tell me about your manga then. <laughs> uh, but no, at this place, you don't take that risk. You've just mm. got to admit that you're thick. Right. And on the whiteboard in the kitchen downstairs, there is a message, and it says, "Anyone watched any good TV recently?" And underneath, people have written what TV they're watching, and. I went in quite hard and fast with Maiden Chelsea. Didn't realise that obviously they were not watching Maiden Chelsea. Um, so I rubbed that one out. But loads of TV recommendations. And then the following week I was in and someone had written, what book are you reading that you would recommend? So then all of these nice book recommendations were coming in. And my mind just, I had the seedling of a thought, which then blossomed into quite a toxic, poisonous flower, which was... I'm going to write on the board any podcast recommendations because in a place obsessed with books, surely, and because I've not met everyone that works in the office, there's hundreds of them, Uh surely one person has stumbled across a little well-to-do podcast with a catchy, bright title and and a joyful jingle and, and one that's all about books. I don't know, one, one, called reading for attention perchance <laughs> so i wrote any good podcasts recently and then I, that was last week and then i forgot all about it and then i came in this week went downstairs to the kitchen was making my coffee which is facing the other way and then i thought <gasps> the podcast the podcast recommendations and i turned in a big flourish expecting to see reading for attention and then the the system is that if you've also watched read or listened to the thing you've put a tick by it so it's like i really fucking recommend this i was thinking i'm just gonna see reading for attention and so many ticks that the the whiteboard is completely congealed (laughs) in marker well obviously it wasn't there was it obviously it was just off menu and i mean if i wanted that kind of absolute basic podcast recommended that's like asking somebody in fucking portugal for a really portuguese and nice niche restaurant and them saying have you ever heard of nando's i don't (laughs) want i was really disappointed but i thought it was quite um a tragic tale sorted events not one reading for attention i can't write it on there because well first of all if they start listening to it even if they don't connect the dots with my handwriting if they start listening hang on I hadn't even thought of that. That person who's speaking on this podcast also works downstairs in the office right now. So I rubbed it all out really good. Just all of it. All of the fucking shite podcast recommendations. Gone. Oh. But yeah, that was how I got knocked down a peg or two at work this week. I've weirdly had a whiteboard situation at work as well. We really do just... We are living the same lives in separate bodies, Paul. So on the day that the Queen took ill shuffled off this mortal coil i think it was the same day but when when the news came out that she wasn't doing fab yeah i was with some people at work it was really quiet it was like one of the days that no one comes in aka all the days and (laughs) i thought she hadn't popped it yet but i thought i might just draw a little tribute to the queen (laughs) on the whiteboard 
so I'll oh just God, Paul. I'll just show you it. Can you see that? Oh, I'll send you it. I'll send you it. Oh yeah. So <laughs> we have phones. So I drew this. You're quite the talented sketcher, actually, aren't you? Oh, not when you see this. <laughs> the blue one. Oh, Paul. I know. So I, I drew that, and then my friend at work was like, then when... It looks when... like Ian McKellen. <laughs> well, I was hoping, but if you look, it's got a little crown on. I thought they were horns. Oh, <laughs> you've made your position clear. <laughs> and then when the poor, the poor lassie finally... Went, went to heaven my friend at work texted saying how do you feel about this now <laughs> and sent the picture and I said I think it's a fitting tribute and then I was like I should perhaps wipe it, wipe it off in case I get sacked and she said especially as it looks like Kate Middleton is jumping on her head and if you look back it kind of does <gasps> funny so then I kept thinking this was whenever two weeks ago and then I thought oh god I must get into that office and wipe it off just in case because there were other people who weren't in our departments who were probably listening to the conversation and it, you know, probably thought it was mm-hmm. quite blasphemous, you know. Disrespectful. So then, completely forgot about it. And today, someone oh. else at work texted me this picture. It's not like an admonition, no, is it? Like a see me. No, oh, it's funny. actually a video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> It's gone. Without a trace. But only but the that. Kate Middleton picture above remains. Everything Every... else remains. Everything else is there. Something saying, have a great week, everyone. Da, da, da. So someone has like oh, recognized no. that that is the queen. And I'm worried now that it's one of the people who was there when I was there and word's going to go round. Well, Paul, you've just admitted to it on a public forum. That's true. Listen, everyone, it was Paul and he's not sorry. He'd I, uh, do it again. Nah. Except this time he used a sharpie. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Oh, God, I need anyway. that. <laughs> Awful. Big news. Big, big, big news. Hmm. We should have started the podcast with this, really. What? What do you think? You come to London? Tommy. Oh. Oh, my Molly God. May Haig and Tommy Fury are expecting Ellie Belly the second. Oh my god, what if they call her Ellie Belly? And she's got two cats that are called Ellie. I know. They'll call her Ellie Belly. She's got two cats that are called Eggy and Bread, which I thought was quite inspired for Molly May. Do you know what (laughs) sometimes I do think about? I think I might have mentioned this on the Molly May podcast. Uh Molly May has bought this incredible house that I mentioned on the podcast, and she's doing it up in a style that I don't quite like as much as the old style but it's not my house not my millions and she is documenting the progress of this renovation on an instagram account and it's called molly mason i mean someone in a photo that's been a focus group hasn't it but fuck me if i had come up with that i'd retire that is genius that is do you think she understands it i don't think so I think she thinks Maison in French (laughs) is house. Molly May is your name. Yeah. (laughs) We combine the two. She's like, one more time. (laughs) I think she thinks it's like Molly May's on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Molly May's own house. (laughs) Molly May's own house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless her. So she's she's procreated, which 
I'm not sure how I feel about Well, I thought she was a virgin and I thought she'd die one. Uh-huh. Maybe uh, she's going to claim it's the Immaculate Conception and I would believe that. I would too. I think that it's a good time to bring a millionaire into the world because they won't be taxed. Um, yeah, we do need more of them. We mm-hmm. are running low. That's what Liz Truss is doing. She's just repopulating our millionaire quota. And it's just going to trickle, trickle, trickle down, trickle down a con. That is how it works. Either that or we'll shuffle shuffle up, Paul. That's social mobility. I'm shuffling up. I'm shuffling right up. I'm shuffling towards my grave at a rapid pace. (laughs) I'm shuffling up right now. Can you see? Yep, you are levitating. (laughs) I am levitating. And the other thing that hasn't happened yet, but what I'm super excited about, I'm going to get Disney Mm -hmm. Plus again, is that in the previews for the Kardashians season two, Kim receives the wrath of the general public for her people don't want to get off their fucking ass and work yeah and she there's going to be a whole episode dedicated to her trying to deal with that i cannot wait i just i don't know what route she's going to take because she's reached a point in her career she's meant to be this formidable businesswoman entrepreneur lawyer i don't think like i know for a fact season one season two kim would do the cry the mm, crying face (laughs) And that I just, I say these things and like, obviously I think, I know that I'm privileged, whatever. I don't think that she can take that route authentically now. I think in order for her to be, to remain, well, she doesn't have any integrity, but she's built this fucking iron fortress and it is on this, it's on this foundation of like, I am, I know my fucking path and I'm going to march down it regardless. And that's what makes me so good at everything. Mm. If she was just to go, I don't mean it. I'm quite <laughs> sick sometimes, actually. No, that doesn't yeah. work anymore, Kim. She You're not going to get away with ways. it. But what's she going to do? What's she gonna, how is she going to play it? Do you know what I would love? I would love if she did one of those little, what are they called when they're like breaking the fourth wall in their own little camera bit, like diary a bit. Yeah, what is that called? Talking heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, honestly, I I was told to say that. I was literally told to say it. Ooh. I I was blah, blah, blah. It was a pure thing. And she's going to scapegoat it on some poor assistant or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, you know, what would be unreal is if she then walked into another room, her mic was left on. She was like, did the classic Gordon Brown 2010. What a bigoted old. But did the, because, you know, he was overheard calling that yes. woman a bigot. If if he was just if she was just then like oh this fucking idiots if only they got off their ass and worked and then it <sighs> and because this whole new series this whole new revamp of the Kardashians is about this like breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. being authentic seeing the truth and sometimes the truth ain't pretty I would really love that but obviously she's still executive producer so it would never happen but a gal can dream it's a good point though because she can't be like I'm a lawyer now and then yeah, yeah, say yeah. that because but if the trajectory of all Kardashians episodes back in the day were something like that would happen. They would react to it in a really brash and immature way. Like, I didn't even know what I was saying. That's so mean. I didn't mean it like that. You all, you guys all know I didn't mean it like that. I just think you need to work hard. And then there'd be some story arc. And then by the end, she'd Mm -hmm. be like, I now know that it was insensitive. I've really grown as a Kardashian. Realized. I've realized I realized that it just I shouldn't have said it and I just totally get it now it was Courtney's fault and (laughs) but she can't do that you're so right 
she can't do it. So what's going to happen? I would respect her more if she stuck to her guns and said, Me too. I still think it. But yeah, me too. Like, because really, what is her her option? She's going to have to acknowledge the poor people, which she hates doing. Mm -hmm. And then she's going to be like, but also if you're in my position, no one else is, Kim. No one else is. If you're in my position, there really is no excuse. That's what she's going to have to do. It's going to be a half-assed thing, but I'm excited for it. Do you remember the episode when they all had that huge food fight? And it was like obscene and they're mm-hmm. throwing all of that food ever and then the next season they did this whole homeless food shelter drive yep that was um well thought out wasn't it mm-hmm. oh god anyway. it's gonna be great and the first episode of that was quite <sighs> do you know what's happened with the kardashians is that this happened a long time ago for a lot of people but it's finally happened for me they've surpassed the point of empathy for me i really can't I just see them as such a spectacle, as so transgressive of humanity that I cannot in any way empathise them because objectively what's happened to Khloe Kardashian, which is what the first episode of this new season is all about, is pretty awful. But the whole time I was just looking at it and I was like, wow, she really doesn't suit that hair colour. Or I'd be like, "Mm, if I was her, I wouldn't wear that top. it's, It's obscene how I don't humanize them in any way (laughs) because of i mean because of their own doing but also because i just they're just such a spectacle Mm -hmm. that's how i view them because they're just not human because they're not human so but that's what i was looking at i was like wow she really is just a a thing but she isn't human because if she was human she it no i'm about to say something awful surely as a human she can't just be keep doing this like well yeah but how how are you not shredded emotionally well usually yeah that and also usually if people stay with people like that obviously there's lots of reasons but often it's to do with necessity and if mm. there's no necessity involved in nope. any of their lives so what's your freaking playing at well apparently she's seeing this woman now although not really that i got really excited so because i saw a headline saying chloe kardashian seen getting closer with michelle Matahala. and i was like oh my god michelle great we need some queerness that's one thing they have not dabbled in uh, yeah, but it turns really out can't. it's just a really sexy french man Got it. Anyway. Anyway, right. Oh, next week's book. Shy. Yeah. Have you started reading it? I haven't. I've downloaded it. It's got the world's most disgusting cover I've ever seen, but I think it must be on purpose. Are you joking? The cover is gross. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That looks like the most self-published book I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you don't work where I work. This one. That is so ugly. I mean that's really sexy and it's absolutely everything I've based this recommend well this this thing off. I tell you what, I'm doing a poll. I haven't done a poll in a while. You tell me if that book cover is really sexy or really like a fucking child has made it on paint in year two. But I think that's cool now, Paul. That's what I mean. Maybe it is cool, but God, it's okay. But you still okay. So next week's book is Raven Smith's Men, not a debut. Uh, not even a novel it's just a book about <laughs> men by raven smith who i follow on instagram he's a right he's a, a journalist i believe for i want to say vogue let me find is he gay <laughs> what do you think <laughs> oh, i just i'm hoping to god that he is oh yeah he's very very gay great i haven't looked yeah. him, i haven't looked him up so yeah great raven smith has been 
32 for several years and lives in London with his husband and cat. Love the current him. Vogue and former Sunday Times columnist is quoted by many as the funniest person on Instagram, which does nothing to minimise his ego. His first book, Trivial Pursuits, was a Sunday Times bestseller. So we're not doing Trivial Pursuits because it didn't come out this year and I'm still trying to stick to some rules. Okay. Um, and yeah, we're going to read that. And to drink, we're going to have, what's the gayest drink you can think of? Or the manliest I was thinking, I didn't know which way you were going to go. Oh my God, let's do manliest. I would love a pint. We never do pints. <gasps> yeah. Let's have a pint of lager. Right. Well, let's have two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. Oh, Sarah. Yes, that's wow, a great idea. Oh, I get quite mortal off lager. I'll have to have about 15 ways as well, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I text you saying, what's the next book? And you went, Raven Smith's Men. Yeah. And I thought you were doing it in like a posh way to say that it was men by Raven Smith oh no I thought you were like Susanna <laughs> Clark's Piranesi Piranesi yeah. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm, two pints mm-hmm, of lager mm-hmm. and a packet of crisps to American listeners that's two pints of beer and a bag of chips oh that was good it was good thank you um yeah we're gonna do that I think I'm gonna give you some homework as well please do I love homework I want you to do something outrageously attention-seeking. I have been thinking about making a video because I joined the gym. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, joined... I know. I only did it because I'm, I live on a high road and there was a murder outside like two weeks ago. And I really <laughs> I live on a high road. <laughs> you know, like just think about street. that. Yeah, but like I've always said the high road. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I live on the high road, no, high, high road. street, and it's just not very nice for running. So all no, I do no, no. is go to the gym, uh, run on the treadmill, get my free uh, isotonic drink and leave. But I've been thinking about getting Michael to film this on the way to the gym, just like telling everyone that I'm going to the gym. I just feel like that would be funny. Do you know what I mean? Well, do it. Yeah, do it. Uh, but like I'm stretching in the bus it. stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you should do it as a vlog style, like a, um, a Molly May like um what is that called when they like a selfie a vlog, a vlog yeah vlog. <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't know honey um what's a reel i really want to know how to do a reel it's instagram's answer to tiktok but wasn't instagram before tiktok yeah it was but not the not that function so why do people not care anyway this is too no one cares no why do people not care about reels or do they i don't know because tiktok's so much better okay why do I get so hot flustered filming these podcasts, Paul? I'm having a real hot flush. You are wearing a, a very furry top. It's not hot in here. Is it don't, not? Don't misconstrue that. I get hot filming the podcast as well. It's because I'm just looking at you. Oh. Thinking of all the filthy things I'd like to do to you. <laughs> get that <laughs> marble member. <laughs> well, that'd be cold. That's what Molly May said the night she got pregnant. Yeah, she was like, until me. <laughs> she was holding Nelly Belly and she was like, oh, <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> Sorry, no, I bet. No, no, no. Do you think? No, I was going to say that Ellie Belly's been involved at least once, but I don't think so, actually. Absolutely I think not. They turn not. her around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put her in a different room. They put the TV on in a different room for <laughs> Ellie Belly to watch. And an eye mask. Yeah, and they put they put headphones on her. <laughs> the ones you were at a construction site. Yeah, but they're pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Fantastic news. Can't wait for Raven Smith's men. Thank God he's gay. Imagine reading a book called Men by a Straight Man. By a Straight Man. <laughs> my, my mate John likes lager. My mate Steve likes lager. My mate Ian likes stout. 
<laughs> Honestly, when I saw that front cover, I thought the only fucking person who could have done that is a straight man. Have a look at his Instagram and you'll change your mind about that cover. It's quite classy and chic. Okay, I'll do it. All right, then. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye now. Goodbye. Love you. Love you more.